We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome in everyone to another edition of the pack a day podcast thanks for joining us again today my name is dan Kotnick. i've got my two regular co-hosts here with me janelle Mackey and eli bergovitz guys how does it feel to be on the number one daily green bay packers podcast or i should say the number one daily podcast for your top seeded green bay packers how does it feel today well it feels great of course you know <laughs> the most victorious of mondays and we get to celebrate by doing this podcast and you know not much more you can ask for except for maybe if we could have recorded earlier i know dan you're basically into tomorrow by the time we're recording this but <laughs> I mean, yeah, yesterday just it didn't even feel like, you know, how you build up rivalry week and like, obviously, like there's all these emotions, obviously, like for me being here in Minnesota. And it just, you know, was the kind of game where you just get to sit back and kick your feet up. And we haven't had that at all this season. Like this is the first time I could, you know, I didn't grow gray hair and I wasn't stressing. I think there was only one time I threw my hands up and yeah, I mean, it was a great game to clinch on. So, I mean, it was, wasn't the most exciting, but not every game needs to be like that. It's nice to just put up a bunch of points sometimes and call it a day. I have no problem with uh, scoring a bunch of points and making it a boring game. As long as we're the ones scoring a bunch of points, I am never bored. Right. Yeah, and especially after those, the, like I said, the two weeks before that, having to come down to, you know, last minute uh, defensive plays and whole, you know, a game deciding two point conversion. I, I'm fine. I'm fine with a boring, a Sunday night game that you can kind of like that whole fourth quarter. I was, I was, I was cruising Twitter freely. I was, you know, I cracked another beer and I'm like, this is good. Like this is, this is freeing. I, I don't need to be worrying about anything. This is, this is really, this is really nice, but thank you to uh, the Arizona Cardinals for setting that up for us. Uh, right, so nicely absolutely. during the day. And not only that, but also shout out to the 49ers and the uh, the Eagles as well for doing their part to make sure that we had the chance to not only clinch the number one seed, but knock out the Minnesota Vikings of the playoffs and, you know, send Paul Allen to an early, uh, 
early off season, uh, looking for his off season plans already. Three birds, one stone. It's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Clinch the one seed, make Paul Allen sad and kick the Vikings out of the playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, what more can you ask for from a Sunday (laughs) night? (laughs) Uh, So real quick, let's, I, I mean, we kind of, we were talking about this off air before we started recording about, because we usually we do the stock up, stock down report each week. But really for this game, it, it was such a, it was such a laxidate, like in terms like of flat line game almost. Yeah, right? like, like just even keel across the board, like there's not really any highs or lows. So let, let's all just real quick, because there's other stuff we want to talk about today. Let's real quick just give, like, if you have one of each, one of any of them, whatever you want to get out, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll, we'll machine gun these pretty quick because I feel like we can kind of hit the highlights and then move on. Uh, mm-hmm. Janelle, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I guess I'll start with the, really the only, like I said, there was really only one moment that I kind of threw my hands up and was like, what was that? But um, it's Bajorpa's, I mean, yeah. you know. I don't know what happened with the the snap on the field goal that Mason Crosby, luckily, you know, they talked about how he slowed down and because he's a veteran, he knows if he sees that to kind of slow his motion down. But that was kind of fluky. And then he just, you know, muffed a punt. And I don't know, that was really the, the only thing that stands out to me that I was like, wow, that was really, really bad. So, I mean, if that's the worst of it, then like cheers to them, I guess. But yeah, that was just something frustrating to see. And I feel like we're seeing a little bit more of that from Bohorquez lately where it's like, he'll have a big punt and then kind of like, I think that one was maybe like a what 24 yarder. They said something in that realm, which you can't have that. Luckily it wasn't a costly thing, but yeah, that was just kind of frustrating to see. So hopefully that's something that, you know, doesn't continue into next week and then beyond in the postseason. Yeah, and Bohorquez was my only uh, stock, the only stock down I could think of too. And I'll, I'll say my the one stock up I had. I mean, there's obviously the whole team, like you know, like I think PFF said it was like the highest graded game the Packers have had. So there's there's tons of stock ups after a game like this. But mm-hmm. on, on the special teams, a stock up to David Moore because yeah. the Packers now look like have we found a possible answer to the punt, the punt kick return game in practice squatter, David Moore. Like it's, it's funny that this is like the bar was set so low that David Moore coming in, returning a kick for about 20 yards was the, was the highlight of the, the kick return season so far for the Packers. Um, But David Moore, like he, the bar was set low for him, but he didn't really do anything to kind of give me any pause. Like it was the first time in a while that I've kind of been like, like you said, Janelle, very flatline in response to punt and kick returns for a game. You know, I was just um, about to agree with the both of you with uh, David Moore. I mean, I feel like we're watching a second coming of Tyler Irvin where, you know, at the end of a season, picking someone up off, excuse me, picking someone up off someone else's practice squad. And yeah, I mean, Dan, as you said, the bar was set pretty low, but he went out there and he was, you know, I mean, I think at this point we would be happy with someone just getting a fair catch and not dropping the ball, but he's adding actual yards at the same time. I mean, that's, 
beyond impressive for what we've seen out of this uh, special teams unit. So I'm very excited about him. It's unfortunate that I believe he was added to the COVID list today, unless I read that wrong. I believe he was, I but I read that too. assuming he is, uh, yeah, assuming he's back for the playoffs, I think the Packers have themselves a returner that they can trust. One of the things I think that was most frustrating was that we finally get this guy and then he takes a cheap shot when he's going out of bounds. And I was like, I swear if he's hurt, I was going to be so upset. But I mean, losing him to COVID, you know, that the COVID reserve list, that is a huge bummer, but you should have Amari Rogers back. And I don't know, at least, you know, you have a guy that I don't know, maybe you activate in case Amari's not doing well, but yeah, it is nice to see somebody come out and have a solid special teams performance. We don't get a lot of those. That's very rare. So good for him kind of sticking his name out there. And I'm sure they're already building the statue in front of Lambo for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Eli, any, uh, any other stock up or stock downs that you wanted to highlight or mention from, from a pretty dominant win over the Vikings on Sunday? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I think I have one on each side. I will, start negative and then get positive. I was still kind of disappointed with that first quarter offense, having three red zone drives coming away with six points. I thought some of the play calling was a little bit questionable. Um, There were, you know, just some missed plays that could have very much changed those outcomes. But I just think come playoff time, not only do you need to start games faster, but you get inside the 20 you got to come away with with seven points. That's just what it's going to be when you're facing some of the high-powered offenses in the NFC. So that was a little frustrating, but it's nothing new. We've been seeing it all year. The first quarter is kind of slow, and then boom, second and third quarter, it's like a new team. But again, you know, when you're playing a better team than the Packers have played over the last you know handful of weeks it's not always going to be so easy to just turn it on when you need it. So I think the first quarter offense and potentially some play calling could be improved a bit. Uh, and then in terms of uh, stock up, I think just looking at the Packers run defense as a whole, I mean, the leading rusher for the Vikings last night was Sean Mannion with 14 yards, holding Dalvin cook to 13 yards on nine carries. I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but that does not sound good at all. Um, so that was just very impressive. There was nowhere for him to go. And after giving up 219 yards against rushing yards against the Browns, my biggest fear was the Vikings just handed off to cook 30 times, kind of like last year's game in Lambeau. And even if we come out with a win, it just ends up becoming a five or six possession kind of game slows the whole game down and makes us kind of play down to our competition. But seeing the run defense completely take Dalvin Cook out of the game and forcing Mannion to try to beat you is is the perfect recipe in that situation. So that was nice to see a little bounce back, bounce back performance from them. Yeah, I think it was kind of the perfect way for them to be able to do that. I mean, I thought the same thing, you know, Kirk Cousins or no Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook is a huge part of that offense. So mm-hmm. to be able to shut him down the way that they did, And I also think that the Vikings just, you know, bad play calling. I mean, for one, putting Sean Mannion in, who has played in the league seven years and scored his first touchdown last night. You know, it's not like he's a rock star. So I really thought that they would just be handing off the whole time. So 
I do know my brother-in-law, I watched the game at my sister and his house because I had to babysit and they popped down and watched the game a little bit with me. And he he's team clear house. He's like, you know, I hope this is the game that gets everyone fired and like start from scratch. And he's like, you know, just, you know, I don't think that team knows what they're doing. And luckily it's one of those situations that the Packers capitalized on because I always get nervous about, you know, the playing down to their level, which we've seen a lot. They either play up or play down. So this was one of those games where it was really good to see them just get away with it and keep going no matter how, you know, that game seemed really slow. And I don't know if that's just because it's cold or what it was, but, you know, to win by 27 against a divisional opponent and you're able to shut down one of the best running backs in the league. And, you know, they have two great running backs, you know, if Cook's not in, they got Madison. So that's a really good tandem. And, they were held to, you know, nothing, which was awesome to see. So I do think, you know, it's bizarre to see the Vikings come in the way that they did because we all expected something from them. But it's nice to see, regardless what they were doing, for the most part, it was getting shut down. So, yeah, kudos to the defense for having a better performance. And obviously the offense, like Eli said, took a little bit to get going. But then once they did, it was really nice to see, especially A.J. Dillon, who just bulldozes his way into the end zone every time. It's so fun to see. Yeah, I, I think I, I had I had very pessimistic views going into this game because I, I'm with you. I thought Sean Mannion in the game means a steady, steady dose of Dalvin Cook, and thankfully the Vikings really played into played into the hands of, of Joe Barry in the defense because they they to give Dalvin Cook the ball nine times. With or without, like, I don't care what, like, what is going on with your offense. I don't care if Dalvin Cook is the freaking quarterback. He shouldn't be running only nine times. Like, right. That's, that's insane. I, I don't care if he's, on, if he's only getting two yards or stopping the line. Like, Dalvin Cook will find his. He'll, he'll get his, you know, at times. And to run it nine times was insane. And I know that at a certain point they got behind and you're playing catch up. And that, that obviously plays a lot into it. But, um, I mean, he, it, it's not like he was doing anything in the passing game or, or anything outside of that. The best stat that I loved all night, though, is that Garrett Bradbury, the center yeah. for the Vikings, had, yeah. a long, had more scrimmage yardage than Dalvin <laughs> Cook. I think that's the that's got to be the first time I've ever like cheered for something the Vikings did in like a positive way. I loved it. it was, I, I I actually the way was that not... ball shot out. Like I don't even know the science behind how it did that, <laughs> and then just the way he he scooped it and like caught it, and it nobody just knew. Going. <laughs> like nobody knew the Packers. Was... The guys are just standing there and they're like, oh, he like plays over and he's running like for. You know, it was like a scene out of like, play of the game. Was a scene out of like longest yard or something. Right. Yeah. Like, it looked like a comedy routine. It was fantastic. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. It was like cartoonish. Yeah. It was I mean, it was it was a shame just because it was such a great hit by Amos, and that's not going to be remembered uh, from that right. play. But yeah, I mean, kudos to him because that was a pretty heads up play, and at that point. Um, you know, with the game pretty much out of hand. Yeah, it was something just as a general football fan, you could kind of get a laugh out of. Obviously happy uh, they, the Packers defense, you know, realized what was happening and, and took him down for the tackle. I, I don't know. 
at that point, I, I almost, I almost would have been, I almost would have been fine with him scoring at that point, just for the memes. Just, just that me, big man touchdown. Exactly. I saw people and they're like, "Oh, is that an eligible receiver? Like, what happens?" Here? I, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, I personally started Garrett Bradbury in my fantasy league over Dalvin Cook, so I was, I was hoping he was going to get in. Big game uh, for him, you know. <laughs> Dalvin Cook obviously expected. performed, underperformed, and Bradbury stepped up in his absence. It's perfect. Right, exactly. <laughs> never could have schemed for that, you know. You think you know what you're going to get, but Joe Barry could never have prepared for that. Yeah, Mike Zimmer, what a genius. <laughs> Extend Mike Zimmer. <laughs> He's the new Chip uh, Kelly. I mean, his, just real quick, I mean, his, his comments about Kellen Mond after the game, I mean, could you be a worse yeah. leader? I don't think so. <laughs> I And that's, I think, honestly, that's, if, we're, if we want to go down this rabbit hole a little bit, Janelle, you kind of mentioned your, uh, your brother-in-law uh, talking about, um, you know, cleaning house and everything. And, like, this this whole season – for the Vikings has felt like this is like that, that cloud is just hanging over Mike Zimmer and this whole team. It, it like, it just feels like he n- never had control. Like they, they, they've stopped listening. They've stopped, you know, caring about what he's saying. It, it, it just, it felt like right from the get go, like right from camp when he, especially when he was making the comments about the vaccination status of the players and trying to take care of him because he's, I believe he's immunocompromised. Yep. Um, you know, talking about that, the like just the frustration in his voice, it just sounded like a guy that was getting no response out of his locker room. And it, like you said, Eli, to say, to make those comments about Kellen Mon, that, that right there, that that's the, that's the, that's the talk of a guy that knows he's done after this year. Yeah, for, for sure. Who might not know, like me, who missed this? What did he say about Kellen Mond? So basically, uh, one of the reporters asked if he wants to get a look at Mond next week and what is a meaningless game for the Vikings now that the Packers have eliminated them. Uh, and Zimmer responded pretty quickly, just saying no. And another reporter asked, you know, why wouldn't you want to see more from, you know, basically your rookie quarterback? And he just said, again, in a very short kind of clipped way, just saying, I, I see him every day, like saying he, he doesn't want to see him on the field. And it's like you have a rookie quarterback in a lost season where you're playing Sean Mannion, who, like you said, Jen, seven years in the NFL, scored his first touchdown last night. It's just, yeah, it's just not not a good look for any coach or anyone who's trying to be a leader of a team to talk about a quarterback like that, especially a rookie quarterback. One, it's like, didn't you draft him to eventually replace Kirk Cousins? Like, why would you? You got four quarterbacks in your roster. Well, again, one that you... Mike Mike Zimmer didn't draft him for the future. the The front office drafted yeah. him for the future post Mike Zimmer. I think with that in, with that in mind, <laughs> they're like, you won't have to worry about this guy. You'll be gone too. Yeah, real quick before since we're since we've decided to go down this rabbit hole of. Um, of, of bashing <laughs> yeah yeah bashing the the vikings um just the fun stats that i put out on twitter the other day uh from november 23rd that last game against the vikings where they won on a last second field goal and you know congratulations by the way i hope you'll be for i hope paul allen I hope you're the first in line for the banner hanging ceremony. Um, but after his fun little comments 
wishing that the Packers lose every freaking game the rest of the season, quote-unquote. Aaron Rodgers, 127 for 178, over 1,300 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions. The Packers go 5-0, and and the Vikings go 2-4, and including losing to the winless Detroit Lions. So thank you, Paul Allen. <laughs> for giving me life this year. I truly appreciate it, and I hope you lose every game the rest of your career, sir. Yeah, I mean, when he opens that big, stupid mouth of his, like, it, it's only karma that's going to come to it. I mean, how, how can you say something like that as a professional, too? Like, you're a professional, and you go and yeah. say something like that. You had to have known it was going to come back and bite you in the butt, and I'm so glad that everything that's transpiring is and like I love opening my Twitter on Monday morning and just seeing Paul Allen getting absolutely reamed by everyone it's perfect you know it's perfect morning reading and I I didn't listen to him this morning but it sounded like he was a little bitter on the radio here in Minnesota which makes total sense so I I like I fuel off of that like it gives me energy mm-hmm just hearing the disappointment in him and yeah i good job paul allen you did this to yourself so <laughs> eat your words and enjoy you, you so. <laughs> yeah at least you got minnesota twins baseball to look for oh damn okay <laughs> never mind um hey, you got the wild yeah that's true that's true yep um so guys, let's let's talk a little bit more about the future now. Something we don't normally talk about when we do our stock up, stock down. But since the Packers looking forward here now, a, a meaningless game on Sunday in terms of you know standings and everything else. It, it, it is it's it's a it's a meaningless game in terms of all of that. So the topic has been brought up by but many of us fans, reporters the players and team themselves about resting starters, not resting starters. Uh, Eli, I know where you stand. I think you know where (laughs) I stand on it. Um, The Packers for, I mean, to, I mean, to take really the discussion out of our hands have already said Matt LaFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers have all said the starters are starting. They're, They're treating this Sunday's game against the lions in Detroit as another game I, I think he's I think LaFleur mentioned that, you know, some players would be on a quote unquote snap count or, you know, drive count or whatever to save some of them. But most of the starters will be playing pro- probably most of the game on Sunday against the Lions. Um, before we, Eli and I go into it from the unofficial uh, poll that I had uh pulled up oh i i lost it um i'll pull it up again but basically i think the majority the majority of the twitter poll eli sided with you in the way of start the starters on sunday and you know Hmm. give me give me give us the 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 elevator pitch here of of why that's the best way to go i do have before eli talks i pulled up the so Rest all major starters, 43% votes. Rest only Rodgers and Adams, 8%. Play all starters, pulled ahead with 49%. So a little bit closer. A little bit closer, yeah. And I think that's that's the middle ground is the rest only Rodgers and and Adams. 
right there. That's that's the middle ground. So not surprised that there, but almost, I mean, literally almost half of them say, like Eli said, play everybody, start this like a regular game. So give a, give us the pitch, Eli. Why is that the why is that the way to go? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. For me, I just, I know it's easy to look back at 2011, but I'm not even going to use that as, as an example right now. I just think plain and simple, you are a team that is riding a win streak right now. You are already going to have a bye week to start the playoffs, which is great. And you're going to have a chance to get healthier and all that. But to go and from January 3rd until the divisional round, which is about three weeks from Sunday. So, I mean, nearly a full three weeks, about 20 days to have your guys sitting, not playing, and and you come out in the playoffs, I just think it is hard sometimes to keep that kind of momentum. And we were already discussing, or at least I brought up, you know, the Packers' slow starts this year in the first quarter. And just think about that coming after, off a three-week break. That just makes me nervous. And I believe until this year, Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur was 0-2 uh, after bye weeks, which it's not a huge sample size, but – there's just, in my opinion, too much momentum with this team right now to just say, all right, everyone sit down and we'll see you in three weeks when, you know, we have the biggest game of the season. And I understand, you know, with Rogers toe and just in general, like it's football, it's scary. You don't want guys out there when they don't have to be. And I will definitely say that 
I don't think anyone needs to be playing four quarters of football, but I do think maybe at least a half for guys like Rodgers, Adams, Aaron Jones, you know, Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark. Uh, I don't think they need to play the whole game, but to simply not dress and sit on the sidelines, I just, I just don't like it. We've seen it before. It has come back to bite us. And, and the Packers themselves, I mean, you want to go back all the way to 2010, but you don't even have to. I mean, I think most of the years the Packers have looked their best in the playoffs have come when they didn't have a bye and they played in the wild card round, won that game, went on to win the divisional round. Like there's something to having momentum, sticking with it and and playing. And I just think it's too long of a break to sit here and say, you know, sit down this week, sit down the next week because there's no game and we'll see you in three weeks when the Packers have, I, I don't know the exact stat, but I believe last time I saw it was in the bottom five in terms of scoring in the first quarter in the NFL this year. Like they've had trouble starting as it is. I don't think they need to come off a three-week break and possibly, uh, you know, mag- magnify that even more. So for me, Again, you don't need to play four quarters. You don't have to push it any more than, than you need to, but go out there, play at least a half, get guys in rhythm, and and then you could say, you know what, fine, guys, sit down, you know, get undressed at halftime and relax. But it just it, it gives me an uneasy feeling to just not play anyone for the next three weeks. Dan, I mean, I'm going to let you give your pitch because I – I know, I think I kind of know where you <laughs> lean, so I want to hear both of you, and then I'm going to give my little devil's advocate perspective. Okay. I, I mean, I will, I'll push back on the bye week thing, because you're right that in the regular season, coming into this year, 0-2 coming off the bye, but in both of those seasons, they're 2-0 and coming off the bye into the playoffs. They had, you know, the bye into the divisional round both times and looked exceptionally sharp both of those times, I felt like. Um, so so I, I don't I don't think that, that that really affects it. I think I think we're trying to find I I think people that that focus a lot on this, and I'm not I'm not trying to say that anyone's wrong or that it's that it's silly to think this way because it's it's just how it is i i I think it's it's just nature to try and find these reasons and you know not not excuses just reasons for why the packers haven't gotten over the hump or why or why explain why the team doesn't play up to snuff and that that was that was the reasoning people gave for that week one game against the saints well, if he don't tell me that Aaron Rodgers playing in a, a, any of those preseason games would have changed, I, I I firmly believe he should have he should have played it because it would have changed everything. You can't tell me that's not rust. It's 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 trying to find a way to explain anomalies in complicated data sets, which is just which is just what football is. It's a hour long compilation of complicated data points that make up a make up a game and and I, I just don't I don't feel like there's really any there's not really any truth or science behind it to say that there's that momentum is a thing or that rust is a thing it's if if there's proof that Aaron Rodgers coming out and throwing the ball on four drives between this point right now and the divisional game is the difference between them coming out looking good and not, 
then I will I will I will kindly stand down. I just I don't think that I don't think that the benefit of that outweighs the risk of potentially losing one of your star players right before the postseason. I mean, look at look at this past week, and and obviously it's a different situation, but the Cowboys lose Michael Gallup right before the playoffs to a season-ending injury. It, God forbid that would happen to anybody on the Packers right now because any major starter on the Packers right now, they're so thin at almost every position that they can't really afford a big knock at any position like group like that. And so to me, it just the, the risk of, lo- of potentially losing somebody in a meaningless game against the Lions far outweighs the reward of a couple of meaningless, ba- basically preseason drives from Aaron Rodgers and the, and the starters. Yeah. So there's stuff that, I mean, you both said that I agree with, you know, I posted that Maury thing earlier where you guys are fighting and I'm kind of just sitting there so going to give my, my piece. Cause I like to, you know, who I is the father people. Janelle? Yeah. I like both, both side. Well, you know, Andrew Nolan, the quad father, you know, two touchdowns last night, he is the father, but you know, there is obviously, you know, I'm a very superstitious person. I don't, wash my game day clothes and on a win streak kind of superstitious but they no, really- I will before you go any further I will I will say as much as I high, I feel like I soapbox there I firmly believe that Aaron Rodgers should never have gone in the Manning cast tonight because of the Manning the Manning cast curse so I I'm I'm in the same boat I <laughs> I'm superstitious uh, as well yeah. so <laughs> it, that's where we can blame them it, it won't be played who didn't it'll be Payton and Eli's fault, yeah. not yeah. this Eli. Oh, we can blame this Eli yeah. if we want. But. <laughs> well, no, we, we can definitely blame the other Eli, but I do agree with uh, both you in terms of superstition. Yeah, I stick to the same game day clothes, same, try to same game day uh, routines. Yeah, all about that. But so, you know, superstition going into this year, you know, regular season after mm-hmm. the bye week, they were – I can't remember how many years, maybe going back to like 2016 where they hadn't won off the bye and they did that this year. You know, this team is just very different. And Eli, if you're superstitious about not playing in the wild card game, then your argument's already invalid because they have that bye week. So you're already worried. Well, I'm not saying right. you need to play in it, but I'm saying they've come off those games, you know, so looking you, at you already 20... have that worry because you think that they play better off the what, which, you know, it makes sense. I remember, you know, Geez, probably like five years ago, listening to a Jordy interview talking about, you know, how sometimes the bye week can throw off your game. You know, they're already going to have a bye week. So I don't know what more would do. And, you know, kind of like what Dan was saying, I worry so much just based on how this year has gone, losing anybody, because right now you don't know who you could lose to injury. You don't know who you could lose to COVID. You don't know where you could be missing guys. I mean, I don't even know who's going to play right tackle against the lions. Like maybe you're out there with 10 guys. Maybe you just play Jordan love because you don't have a right tackle. Cause Dennis Kelly hit the COVID list. So I don't even know what's going on there, but it's just like, I worry so much about, you know, Rogers toe getting stepped on or, you know, they're in Detroit and it gets cold in Michigan. So cold weather can do things to your body and maybe that causes some 
aches and strains and just it seems like I think yesterday was like the first game that they didn't lose anybody, which is a miracle on its own. But, you know, there's those fears, you know, we've got guys coming back, but you don't want to hopefully get those guys back and then also lose pieces that are just as important. And I know Ross Uglum and I talked a lot about this on Packer preview leading into the Vikings game, you know, this would be a good game, you know, well, we were kind of tossing around the idea of Rogers, maybe if he decides to have surgery, it would have to be now. But, you know, with the way that he's talking, obviously it sounds like he's going to be suiting up. I don't know for how many snaps he'll take, but um, it's just like things like, you know, you don't want things to get worse. But I also understand that's a lot of time off. So I'd say, yeah, it'd be good to get some snaps in, but there is no need to be playing an excessive amount of your starters for, you know, if they're even make it to half, I would be surprised. Cause it just, I like Dan was kind of saying, it's kind of like, you know, what's worse. I would rather maybe have a slow start going into the divisional round than I would losing guys. I mean, you get that home field advantage, you get the frozen tundra and you hope that that can help and you get the hometown crowd and, that should be able to help you enough to kind of get going. So I also think it'd be good to see a lot of Jordan Love because there's a lot, you know, I don't want to look at the off season right now because things are so good. And it's just, I just want to live in the present of what's going on, but you have to consider what, what you're going to do with your quarterback situation. And you kind of have to think, you know, is Jordan Love the future or are we going to want to trade him? So being able to see some reps, against the Lions, I think it'd be really beneficial. So there's a lot of different viewpoints that you can take when you're looking at who should play, who should not. And I do lean more towards I don't want to see them playing, but I think that, you know, a little bit, I just want to see them play a little bit. But I also don't know, you know, what what is Rodgers playing one quarter versus not playing at all, you know? It's kind of just a couple drives, but I don't know. Yeah, no, I, he hasn't been I definitely, for most of the year anyways, so it's like he can go in there and I, I just think that this team is so different that, yeah, they start games slow, but if you rest guys, you know, if you if you resting guys really deters what's going to happen in the future that much, then that's a problem that yeah. needs to be fixed on its own. Like, if you if you can't get up for a divisional game at Lambeau, right. that's maybe you're not effing better then because <laughs> well I mean, you've got to be able to get up and go. And I know Matt LaFleur yeah. was kind of saying he doesn't like the idea of it. So I'm assuming these guys will play. I just really hope we don't see too much of them. And this is just kind of a, a Jordan love Tim Boyle love story kind of game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, real quick, I mean, yeah, look, I definitely can argue that it makes me nervous. And as I said when I was talking earlier, that, you know, even whether you say it's a half, a quarter, one drive, we all know, you, you know, you can't really take anything for granted when you're playing in the NFL. Michael Gallup, Dan, your example, he went up and caught a touchdown on that play. And I saw the play live and I saw many replays and I had absolutely, I still have absolutely no idea when or how yeah. he tore his ACL on that play. I didn't see a weird landing. I didn't see a weird jump. So there's no doubt that that does scare me. And that is obviously a risk that technically they don't need to take and they could just sit the guys. But I just, in my opinion, I, th- I think the the likelihood obviously is is on the lower end. And again, I, I don't I don't believe they should be playing all four quarters, but I think playing a little, and I would say this, one big component of this will be after today's somewhat news of Matt LaFleur saying David Bakhtiari should be practicing this week and could potentially play next week. Not that Rodgers needs to be on the field if Bakhtiari plays, but if you're going to go and push Bakhtiari to get out there, and we know it's a different situation. He hasn't played a single snap all year. You want to see what he looks like. But if you're going to have Bakhtiari out there, have Rodgers out there, Adams out there, Jones out there. Again, even if it's for a quarter or two, I would I would try to go, you know, closer to the end of the first half than not. But yeah, it's it's definitely scary uh, because you never want your guys out there for meaningless snaps. That's why Rodgers doesn't take a snap in the preseason for multiple years now. And I absolutely agree with that decision. Um, so if if LaFleur came out and said they weren't gonna play, I would I would be I would still feel the way I feel that I would be like, I kind of wish they would play at least a little bit, but at the same time, a part of me would have the relief of saying, okay, we don't even have to think about anything, you know, I'm not even going to say it, but anything possibly bad happening. But yeah, overall, I just think that there is something, and I know it's not a stat that you could look at, but there is something to momentum. You've seen teams that go and they just get on hot runs before the playoffs and they get really hard to stop. And if you go and take three weeks off, it's a little bit hard to keep that going. So I do hear both sides of the argument, but I think, I think at least getting them out there for a quarter or two and staying in rhythm uh, can definitely help. I mean, it, it also helps with the whole being afraid of injury, the Lions not having a Dominican suit anymore. That kind of helps you a little bit with not having to worry, you know, Lines don't have like those dirty players that they used to. Yeah. So at least not that I see. If, if they Still do, they're really good at hiding it. But I mean, you also hope that you don't get a, a guy that's stupid and just, you know, does what he does and, you know, angrily makes a stupid play that hurts somebody. But I don't know. We can only hope for so much. You know, and Aaron, I think Aaron Rodgers kind of summed it up on the Manicast. Uh, tonight uh, he touched on the subject a little bit and I think what he said basically was that uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing but basically if 
they rest guys and something happens, well, then everyone will point to this. And if they don't rest guys and something happens, everyone will point to that. And it's like, it's kind of a, it's, it's really kind of a no win situation almost, you know, there's, there's going to, there's going to be people that are going to take something out of this decision, depending on what happens in the divisional round, regardless of either way that it kind of goes, you know? Right. Um, so, so really that that's, that's the whole thing is football is a random game. Stuff is going to happen. This game has to be played by, by rule. So something, something is something will happen. A football game will happen. And so with that, there comes everything else with that. And there's just either way, we just pray that nothing happens to mm-hmm. nothing serious happens to any of the pa- any of the players obviously right. and we just take this game for what it is a preseason warm up for the postseason and just be happy that we're the number 1 seed regardless so yep that's where we are the packers again number 1 seed in the NFC hopefully by the end of this, well, I think that well, the next time that we talk will be the lead up to the divisional game. Um, mm-hmm. So, man, I just this is two weeks now. We get to enjoy some some really unabated football action. That's what I'm looking forward to most next week is just being able to sit down and just enjoy the Packer game and root for them without that pit in my stomach of like a- anxious like vomiting butterflies inside my stomach that are you know waiting for the waiting for the shoe to drop or something and us lose to the lions it doesn't matter anymore so this is perfect i'm I'm gonna enjoy my sunday right and now hopefully i mean eli did touch on you know the manning curse aaron Rodgers was on manning cast on what was the most abysmal game of football that i've (laughs) seen this year like worse than the Vikings Bears, which I thought was going to be really hard to top. This was bad. You know, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback and two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks watching Baker Mayfield and Ben Roethlisberger just absolutely like dookie all over the field. It was horrible, but it was fun to see just kind of the way that they just kind of chat and we got to hear fun stories. And it's, again, Roger's brain, when he is mentioning – like Peyton Manning preseason games and how Mm -hmm. he got, you know, a 12 man call in this preseason game. This like, I cannot, I can't keep up with like his filing (laughs) cabinet of a brain is insane. And it was just kind of fun to hear them talk a little bit about, you know, cause they're three older guys who have obviously seen a lot. And, um, you know, Rogers did attest to kind of the season that Eli is worried about with the whole resting guys due to bye week, you know, Rogers that, team that he said was probably their best team lost to Eli Manning's Giants and there's just so much that can happen but it was fun to just kind of see you know whenever Rodgers does these interviews you get different sides of him depending on who he's talking to and he rocked the quarter zip to match him and Mm -hmm. he's joking about Matt LaFleur so I'm sure uh, Florio is going to write up an article about how Rodgers pissed off Matt LaFleur about his grooming, his (laughs) eyebrows and his hair and all that kind of stuff. But you just get to see this fun side of him. I think that's just kind of another thing that we get to enjoy about the season is Rogers, just his personality. We get to see so much of it when he does stuff like this. And we learn about him and Pat McAfee and how that became a thing. And 
it's just fun to hear and you know the different environments because you know you can watch a presser and it's kind of just like the same thing every time but it is fun to see our guys go out there in different environments and you know they're talking about how he'll be you know the first quarterback or the first player whoever to win four MVPs with four different hairstyles and they're joking around (laughs) about Aaron Rodgers and like all this stuff and just you know they really didn't focus a lot on the game which I mean, nobody really did because that game was really hard to watch. So it was just kind of fun to hear them and then kind of, you know, see their live reactions to a game because you never really get to see players react to live games like that. So I don't know what you guys took out of it. I thought it was interesting. It's the only reason I turned that game on. Um, I did catch the end of Snoop Dogg, which he's an odd person to watch in sports, but he's always invited to him, so it's fun. But no, it's just one of those things that, like, I am taking everything this season and appreciating everything this season. So any kind of content I can get from our players like that, it's fun to see. And yeah, fingers crossed there's no Manning curse. But I mean, we at least, like I said, we have something to blame it on if not. But if you missed it, I mean, I I wouldn't go back and rewatch it, I guess. I mean, yeah. it's not anything like special, but it's just kind of in the moment, one of those fun things to see. And I really like what Peyton and Eli have done. Because, I mean, it makes Monday Night Football, if you're not super interested, it's like a different way of watching that kind of, like you're watching the game, but you're also kind of more engaged in something else. So it was, it was pretty cool to see him on there. And, yeah, three great quarterbacks just kind of picking each other's brains and joking about texting Mike Tomlin to, like, run certain plays. And, yeah, yeah it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers uh Taking a, a full glass of scotch on Monday Night Football was everything I needed to see tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and hopefully, hopefully the Mannings um, just I, I hope that they improve their on-air chemistry a little bit more when yeah. they have that third person in there because them by themselves actually kind of gets interesting when they like talk about football and mm-hmm. they're breaking down the game and stuff like that. It's, it's when we get to the point where we're bringing like Kevin Hart and Phil Mickelson on and, and everything else where they, they really kind of break down. And I would really like to see that improve. Cause I, I, I would look, imagine that like what they had tonight, they had three hall of fame quarterbacks sitting there and, they weren't break, like they weren't really breaking down play. Like, I want to see them breaking down the plays and stuff. You know, I, yeah. see them talk about I think the only one time did yeah. Peyton ask Rodgers what he would do, and it was that third and thirty. And he's like, just, "What would you do Mary. here, Hail Mary?" Yep, Hail Mary, exactly. But yeah, I mean, the Mannings, like you said, when it's just the two of them, it is usually good. But tonight, uh, it, yeah, there were some really awkward moments of just silence where everyone is just staring at each other. And it seems like no one knows who's going to talk next. It's like being on an and, awkward Zoom call. And yeah, he, literally. He always smiles, too. It's He's always <laughs> smiling. <laughs> yeah, and Eli just looks like he's lost at all times, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the worst, I think the worst interview of the night was with Goodell. I was, oh, I, yeah. I was honestly, like, sweating watching it because I was so uncomfortable. It was literally, everyone was just, like, fake laughing, just trying to get through the quarter and I'm like, just get, just finish this because I cannot handle watching this anymore. Like, guys, he's not your boss anymore. You don't have to. Yeah. Like, e- Eli looks like like a ventriloquist dummy when he's yeah, like, literally like like, he'll, like he like when he's not talking, he just sits there, motion and expressionless. And then when he's ready to say something, then the mouth starts to move. 
and everything and, and the body starts to move but before then dead doll eyes nothing um <laughs> uh so guys any um i i guess we'll, we'll just we'll wrap up here i i think we've hit on all the all the points we've got a like you said a game this week against the lions to to just sit back and enjoy tailgate a little bit you know a little bit extra do something you know do something fun make it liven it up a little bit um yeah packers are coming to your your town dan so yeah thank you um thank you omicron because if that if you weren't here i would i would totally be on my way to uh to ford field to watch that game because i'm sure they're just (laughs) looking for like they're going to be handing those tickets out on the street Paying uh, for the field to show up. Yeah, seriously. The, the old Tim Boyle, Jordan Love uh, matchup that everyone, everyone was looking forward to. Um, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Tell your friends about us. It, it's, a, it's a gigantic help, all of that stuff. Even if you just tell one of your one other Packer friends, just say, hey, have you heard of the Packaday Podcast? Let them know about us. Um all three of us, we are on Twitter as well. If you want to give us a follow, uh, do you want to let the people know where they can follow you guys and anything you want to promote? Uh, Janelle, we'll start with you. Yeah, so Twitter, you can find me at Big Mac underscore four. All of my my work is under my link tree in my bio. There's a link there. Obviously, every other Tuesday here on Packaday with these guys. Every Wednesday night on Open Book on Game on Wisconsin with Eli and Zach. I do the Packer preview with Ross Uglum for Packer Report and, yeah, just some other sporadic stuff here and there. But all that can be found in that Linktree bio. Very cool. Um, Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. And that's where most of my work will will be. But like Jen said, you can also find me every Wednesday night on Open Book with Jen and Zach uh, with Game on Wisconsin. And uh, check out my YouTube page uh, under Eli Berkovitz, where I put up some some good Packer content, some videos that I maybe can't get up on Twitter. Uh, and other than that, and then, yeah, some writing over at PackerReport.com. But, yeah, you'll be able to find everything on Twitter at Book of Eli underscore NFL. Perfect. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well at DK all the way. Um, Every Wednesday, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central on the Game On Wisconsin YouTube channel with Lombardi's Bar with me, Todd Varney, Jimmy Christensen. Uh, as these guys said, every other Tuesday here on the Pack-A-Day podcast. And then you can also catch um, a bit of my writing on the Game On Wisconsin uh, website as well, especially every Friday morning with uh, the weekly Leap article. Um, again, follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Follow the YouTube channel as well if you haven't done so already. Lots more great stuff over there. Thanks to Andy Herman. Um, but until we speak again, guys, and getting to talk about an upcoming divisional matchup, take it easy. Enjoy the next two weeks of pseudo off week football. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. <laughs>
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.